0: Hey legends, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, it's nice to be back in the country. I've been gallivanting around South America for the last six or seven weeks, so I'm finally back at work, uh, back into the podcast chair. Uh, for all of you guys who listened to the uh, 44 Days in South America podcast we did uh, would have been about seven, eight weeks ago now. Um, this is a little bit of a, a sequel uh, to that. It's uh, a chat with myself and the great man Simon Cooper about how the last seven weeks have gone from his perspective at Virtus uh, just running the show with the rest of the team while I was off on holiday and how my, uh, my holiday was and how the trip was and what my mindset was like throughout what I did, uh, what I learned, um, the importance of things like time alone and and then connecting with people from all around the world. So yeah, this is today's episode. Enjoy. If you are enjoying the podcast, please share, please subscribe. Uh, the more people we can get listening to this, the bigger it can get and the, the cooler guests we can have on and then we don't have to talk to Coop and me all the time. So Enjoy. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Vertus podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Simon Cooper. Welcome, Lois. Mate. Back in business Good to have you back It's good to be back It's uh, it's nice to be home And back with the people I love mm. Back in the places I love But mostly it's nice good. to have coffee again Yeah, I
1: bet Coffee and, uh, is the nectar us.
0: <laughs> I had uh, three coffees For my whole Maybe maybe four coffee coffees in seven weeks Wow Where were they? Uh, one was a delicious Nescafe blend Good Uh, That was the first and last time I'll have one of those. (laughs) That was in Chile. That was a bad bad move. The second one was some filtered coffee uh, before a trek in Peru. Nice. Mm -hmm. Not much better. Okay. Uh, The third one was managed in Bolivia in La Paz, managed to find two coffee shops, one which did a delicious iced latte, which was actually an iced latte. Good. That was magical. And then managed to find another one, which is called, I think it was called Higher Ground, which is run by a guy who used to live in Windsor. So I thought, you know what? Right. That's probably pretty good. So that was the closest I got to a regular coffee. Nice. In seven
1: weeks. You would have thought that in South South America, where a lot of yeah. our coffee is sourced from, yeah. you'd think there'd be... Um, be all about it but yeah
0: well um, I did a little bit of little bit of research trying to figure out if they use much of their own coffee but it's yeah. a lot of American style coffee right. uh, where it's just uh, starbucks yeah, style Starbucks style <laughs> um, lots of uh, Americano coffees and yeah and their attempt at a latte which is just
1: <laughs> you know, latte. I, I, I don't know I don't know what it
0: was um, but yeah it was very interesting being yeah. the, the coffee band was I think a little bit north of where we were um, but
1: yeah, yeah, that's it. What's mm. been happening? How's uh, how's yeah, home? Beams. How's how's home been? <clears throat> home life's been good. It's been it's been a busy six weeks. Uh, I guess when you first took off, we uh, took us probably a couple of weeks to kind of get into a rhythm where um, we we're functioning as a team and everyone's sort of doing their own thing. Yeah, for, from a vertus perspective. Yeah. Um, especially Mitch took off a couple of days after you and that was, uh, a lot of coaching hours to pick up, a yep. lot of back end stuff to, just cover. So that was uh, a busy couple of weeks, yep. but Mitch coming back has been, been rad. He's been able to take a lot of the coaching as he does, which is, uh, um, he is a very hard worker. Yeah, I think he did like fifteen he hours is. coaching us or something like that. But Good, yes, yes.
0: good for, for Mitchy. Um, He's a good lad. What do you think? Because I guess from a from a business point of view, but more so from a adding value to clients point of view, mm. what do you what do you think was the biggest challenge of me not being there? And I don't say that in a, <laughs> in, a in an arrogant way. Yeah. I guess just my role day to day is is very much a, like overseeing how things are going and. Little bit of coaching and checking in with clients and staff and things exactly. like that. So how how did you go with with the rest of the team in covering that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think to everyone's credit, we picked up the slack that was left from you. Yeah. Um, not the slack, but picked up all of your role and all your tasks and managed it pretty well between yep. the, between all of us. Definitely. We. Uh, I mean, everyone is fantastic in that they can manage themselves. So it's not as if they... Well, not that much had to change, really. It was just no. a little bit of a... A little bit of coaching, a yeah. little bit of, I guess, communication uh, and, and management. And I guess the higher-minded higher mind minded thinking, all that stuff yeah. wasn't present. But day-to-day operations and day-to-day coaching, inter- in interaction with everyone, yeah, that just was business as normal. It seemed
0: like like from the... The outside, which is weird to say, from like that helicopter view out of the bubble.
1: Yeah. That day-to-day ran really well. Yeah. And I think all the clients and everyone at Vertus was still super happy. Everyone was coming in, training hard, um, leading with a smile on their face. So yeah, I don't think there was that much that really changed. That's good. That's very, very good. Um, and it's nice yeah. to be able to, like, as a business owner, it's nice to be able to
0: know <clears throat> that your team has your back and I can leave... Mm. And leave everyone in your hands and them get probably a better service to be honest. Without <laughs> wow. me without me. It's um it's good because I guess like our mission is really simple, it's just to make the world a better place, one person at a time, and to know no. that that's spread from me to all of you guys and it happens daily,
1: it's a magical yeah. feeling. Well that's why everyone's part of this amazing team that we've got mm. because they share the same vision. Definitely. Um, each Everyone has their different approaches and everyone has their different ethos, but yeah. at the end of the day, it all comes back for the mission. same reason. Right? Yeah, um, definitely. It was, it was an interesting feeling because the first
0: two weeks or so, like not being at work, for anyone that knows me, I like being at work and I like <laughs> doing things. Understatement. Uh, and I like – one of the things I realized – uh, I guess we, we'll talk about epiphanies a little bit later. One of the things I realized is I try and do way too many things at once. Yeah. I, I uh, if I should be doing three things, I'll try and do six, and it will mean that six things don't get done as well. But I realized, like two weeks in, the first two weeks I was in kind of holiday mode, just getting disconnected yeah. from uh, from work and from home. <clears throat> the novelty of being away. I yeah, exactly, and just exploring a, a new part of the world, trying to learn how to order.
1: Dos cervezas. do Dos. Me. Do you mean cuatro?s <laughs> <laughs> What two at a time, mate? Two at a time. <laughs> 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 trying,
0: trying to learn how to say please and thank you and and things like that in in Spanish <laughs> it was the uh, that was the focus for the first couple of weeks. But I think it was about maybe two and a half weeks in, maybe three weeks in when we were a little bit of travel, a little bit of time on buses where I got a little bit stir crazy and I'm like. I need to be doing something. Yeah, um, and it was re- it's really interesting because I like I was talking to a lot of different people who were traveling for different reasons, and James and I were probably the only two that were running a business um, yeah. and traveling at the same time, which which was really interesting, and it f- it made me realise that I don't know one of the. Realizations I came to later on in the trip was that most people that travel for I'd say more than five six weeks are usually running running away from something more so than more so than um, than having something to come back to if that makes sense. So a lot of people quitting jobs, um, leaving after study because they don't know what they want to do, um, traveling the world. Like obviously everyone who's traveling the world loves travel and loves that. Freedom and those experiences and that connection of meeting new people. But one of the things I realized, I don't know how I got onto this tangent, but one of the things I realized that very few people who I met were excited to get home or as excited to get home as I yeah, was and James were. 100%. Um, I think you,
1: you definitely left from a different perspective. Yeah. Like you are going away to almost give yourself a break from work rather than... Escaping. Yeah. Escape, yeah, definitely. <laughs> two weeks two weeks in I
0: was like, right, I'm ready to go back. Yeah. <laughs> and about four <coughs> weeks in I was pulling my hair out, going, okay, I really need to get home to everyone. But how much time do you think you spent on Virtus? On Virtus. What um, were you? um I probably did something that was related to or related to Virtus. Development of Virtus develop or development of, I guess, my personal brand yeah. or development of myself as a coach or as a leader i guess every day yeah not so much like i look at if i listen to a business podcast i look at i think of that as development for those things so
1: <laughs> take to, something for everything you consume
0: yeah i guess my mindset while i was um while i was away which i kind of after the first couple of days of being stir crazy with not being able to do work stuff was you know what i'm just going to just be and be present and do what I do. What I want to do in that moment. So if it's going to the bar and drinking fifteen beers and winning beer pong, beer pong tournament, then that's what I want to do. If it's sitting there writing yeah. um, a blog post for Vertus or a blog post for my website or um, just a journal entry um, yeah. as to what I've learned that day or how I felt that day, then I'll do it. If it's sitting there listening to music, if it's listening to an audio book, if it's talking and connecting to people, then I just wanted to take it with whatever I felt like was right at the time, so I cool. didn't want to force anything. Um, awesome. And there was definitely a couple of days where I wouldn't do any work stuff, and then then go, you know, what I don't want to lock myself in the hostel, yeah. and yeah. And I took like I was, I was kind of tossing up before I left whether I take my laptop um, and what books I take and and things like that. And I ended up not using my laptop all that much, but it was nice to be able to jump on
1: when you wanted to yeah
0: catch up on emails or uh, at least <coughs> chat, chat on Skype, Skype yeah, or something yeah chat with you guys on, on Skype or, or yeah. chat with our coaches or whatever it may be um, mm. so yeah not not too much and I think it was really interesting because some of my like coaches beforehand were like I was like what work can I do over there or what work should I focus on over there um, and it was definitely a lot more big picture stuff it was a lot more yeah. how how does it look being out of the bubble yeah. uh, which
1: you know yeah. you are removed up. from the day to day small picture stuff. Yeah. So that you can start looking at the big picture. Yeah. Start looking at how Virtus, what Virtus looks like from the outside where it's yeah. Where it's going. Which is a weird thing to do after being Yeah. Like I guess it's I've first had time you've done it, right? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, it's the first time I've done
0: it like that. Like I've had week or two holidays, yeah. but I think when you get to the three, four week mark you're really properly disconnected. And you're in a headspace where you can think about things and like helicopter over it rather than mm. being in it. Um, and you know, like I was, like anyone that read my um, my forty four days in South America blog that was on my that's on my website will kind of you can kind of I think you can kind of see a pattern of how my mindset is because yeah. there was a time where I was just probably talking about what we were doing and then what we're experiencing and what was coming up and the people we were meeting and then it moved into. What was happening at home, and yeah. and what I was looking forward to, and, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, it was a really, it was a really interesting experience, and something that I would like for any business owner or any anyone that's in a job that they love or in a job that they don't love. It's a really, it's a really good eye opener to see one how different parts of the world live, and how I don't know if insignificance the right word, but how yeah, or meaningless insignificant maybe as to what we're actually doing like yeah yes we're uh, yeah small
1: cocks you know oh big big machine
0: yeah like even just to sit on a plane that's going you know i actually don't know how fast (laughs) a plane goes but uh, hundreds of kilometers an hour like sitting in there for 10 hours going over you know basically flying halfway around the world or 15 hours actually yeah basically flying halfway around the world to be put in a, a place where there's thousands millions of people living their lives with absolutely yeah. like zero understanding
1: about what's happening on the other side of the world like yeah. you um, yeah everyone's living their own independent lives where they're the center of their universe yeah and yeah. and it, it kind of
0: i really enjoy that insignificance because it makes you feel like when things are bad they're not going to stay bad and when things are or even when things are good they're not going to stay good and it doesn't but it doesn't matter either way like it allows you to be For me, it allows me to be both an observer of my my reality, but also understand that you you have the power
1: or you have the control over what you do and who you are. Do you think that it also gives you an insight into everything that you do being insignificant? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I I love the feeling of insignificance because
0: I think when you like if you feel significant and feel like the center of the universe and every little mistake every little fuck up every little problem you have feels like the end of the world mm. whereas if you and then you because of that you have that i guess anxiety or stress around it being like like the world the like the walls are crumbling down around me yeah um but when you when you feel that insignificance you realize that like you said we're little cogs in a giant, yeah. giant we're, we're little cogs yeah. in a medium machine of a big machine of a giant <laughs> machine of like you like the interaction of some people I had in like places like Chile and Peru where like um you start to learn what like people say where are you from in Spanish I can't remember what, <laughs> it, what it is and you say Australia and they're like oh Australia kangaroo <laughs> and like that's yeah. it that's all they know <laughs> like um Kangaroos and sitting Opera house, right? Yeah, basically, <laughs> and it's just like we, like, we live in such a, I'd say a, like, secluded part of the world. Like, mm. border crossings is something that, all we get to experience. Um, like, uh, I don't think oh, I've done a couple, like, in South in Southeast Asia. Yeah. But apart from that, it's all been at an airports. So I guess yeah. that's not that's not what a border crossing really is. Um, so going from say. Peru into Bolivia and Bolivia into Brazil and Brazil into Argentina and seeing like maybe what you call grassroots border crossings where like day-to-day people just need to get across to work or to to see family or or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, that idea in Australia we're kind of separate from it because we don't have any borders that we Mm. there's two complete or not completely different but two fairly different cultures living across a river or Mm -hmm. Across yep. a like a gated um, border crossing, yeah. and it's just like it's an like I don't know I have real <laughs> I had a real pro- problem looking at it and going this is an imaginary line, and if you're born 100 meters this side, yeah, you're Bolivian. If you're born 100 meters that side, you're Brazilian, and you know that. It shapes should, your identity, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it does. Like that idea of of. Patriotism and and national pride and things like that. I think that like it's it's such a dangerous, unnecessary part of human existence. Mm. And I guess we all want to belong, and I understand that, and we all want to have that community and things like that. But I think we can have
1: that community without that yeah. line. I like, guess that's that's developed through different people and different cultures having having varying views on things. Right? Definitely decide that my view is different from your view so we're going to chuck up a wall in between us yeah. yeah but and you know, it's separate and, it, separate it. and it's like some of these lines are where they
0: are and what they are because of you know explorers drawing lines on maps and things yeah. like that <laughs> and it's just like there's a like a lot of there was a lot of con- or is a lot of controversy now I don't know how current it is but I think they like Chileans don't like Peruvians and Peruvians don't like Bolivians in certain circles because it's Bolivia and like they've had um, border or what like controversy around who's who who owns this this area and things like that and I think Bolivia used to go to um, to the ocean I don't know which ocean's on that side Anyway, sure. um, to the ocean, and now it doesn't. So they've lost like beach like beach access more or less. And now they're like big hoo-ha about that. And like go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Well, like <laughs> the, the arguments, um, like proper arguments. Like I thought it was a joke, right. but it's proper arguments that the Chile, the Chileans have with the Peruvians around who invented pisco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, Does it right? <laughs> but it doesn't, right? It's a delicious beverage that is <laughs> the devil. <laughs> and really really dangerous if you've had a couple of beers and you want something sweeter it's oh mate I don't know one night was stupid on it but anyway um, but like just the I think um, I think it was Sapiens that uh, oh, yeah. Ubal Noah Harari talks about it and a border is just a an, a made up thing that enough people agree with so it's a so it's a thing <laughs> Does yeah. that makes sense and I think like as soon as we started or we've been segregating ourselves as human beings between tribes forever which creates conflicts but now in a age of an age of globalization globalization and connection between like I can like while I was away in Bolivia with crappy Wi-Fi, I was still able to call call home and yeah definitely. and things like that It's more connected than yeah, we have it, ever been I think it'd be it'd be really interest, interesting to see to be able to get <laughs> to, be able, to be able to get a, like a really cool look into the future as to what borders and countries look like yeah because like I understand the need for governance on a on a larger level and then a smaller like city uh, city um like area suburb level and then on a country level but i don't know it just seems like those borders or those boundaries aren't necessary anymore um Mm. and like i'm not naive enough to think that world peace or anything like that is possible because i don't think it is because we're naturally
1: yeah
0: we're naturally uh drawn to conflict
1: I think we'll um, look at like North and South Korea I don't yeah. know a lot about <laughs> yeah. that really but they've aren't they friends now? apparently yeah apparently. and it's <laughs> old oh, mate Donald's <laughs> Donald's doing yeah um, but yeah I mean well since um, World War World War 2 basically yeah they've been segregated yeah. they've been separate and but he has now stories
0: about like them like having like half a day to go and visit their relatives in South Korea and yeah you know leaving in tears and not being able to see each other again like, <coughs> like that. It's, so, it's so so interesting that it's here's the line it's us versus it's yeah. you versus me or it's us versus them um and I found such it, so such
1: difference between cultures as well
0: yeah yeah and, and like, like that, it's not a thing unless everyone agrees on it or yeah. it, like the majority of people agree on it um which is which is really interesting so like I don't know I'm I don't I don't know enough about global politics to no. have this discussion properly but it's it's a really I just find it a really reasons. interesting thing and like yeah. um, I think it was in Sapiens as well he talks about borders but he talks about money as well like money is just a like it's paper or plastic or Money's whatever yeah. and that's a something that everyone agrees well this has value I can buy this with this so yeah. this um, meal is worth X amount or or whatever, um, and
1: currencies fluctuate; they go up and down depending on what everyone decides it's going to be worth that day, yeah. or what <laughs> yeah. gold is going to be worth that day. Yeah, um, yeah. it's really interesting with like cryptocurrencies um, coming in now, and like how does someone decide what how much a bitcoin's worth? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, was what the con- miss- what what the broader consensus is, and yeah. what everyone. And essentially, it has no application at this point. No. You can't go to the shit supermarket and buy something with bitcoin mm. or any other sort of cryptocurrency. So it's really like interesting technology is coming to the forefront Definitely. that's going to de- start to define how we yeah. transact and how we. Do I think things. it'll be really interesting, and I hope it happens that we get to the point
0: where we have decentralized currency because then, the Definitely. the powers that be, whether it be governments or big corporations and things, will have less of a say on what things are worth and it's yeah. it's becomes more of a more of a decision on on what it what things are actually worth and the value of of mm. um different i guess commodities and yeah and activities and things like that because to see like uh, we we say we're the lucky country and we i think everyone who lives in Australia, and especially in our corner of the world down the Morning Peninsula, like we know we're like we're lucky. But then when you actually go out and see how the rest of the world lives, like it's it's like it's it's triple tenfold what you actually think it is. How lucky we actually are. Like some of the I
1: start. I started reading um, Shantaram. Yeah. I Just read and yeah. first couple of pages. He's the, the main uh, character or the the storyteller is. Driving into Bombay yeah. in India and slums, yep. like for miles, yep, and definitely. how can this be allowed? Yeah, in today's day and age, where some are so wealthy, yet others are nothing to their name. Yeah, it's, a, it's horrible. But out but out, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really interesting. And
0: if you guys, for those listening, I haven't read ram I uh, it's one of the ones that I've been told to read multiple times yeah. for, for probably 12 months and i finally found one in a in a uh, hostel in El Shaltan no El Calafate in, in Patagonia uh, about four days before I left and started reading it got stuck in and decided not to talk talk to anyone for three days in between in, twi- like in between my tours a 1000 page book yes and how long did it take you to finish? Uh, like five, six days seven days yeah yeah, I. but I did have a plane ride and some, <laughs> some time 16, and yeah, but yeah, cool. <laughs> this is a book that isn't like it's an incredible story like everything that happens and the people and the experiences is, is, is an amazing story but the ability of Gregory David Roberts I think is his name to paint a picture and, and yeah. give you a really like it, a really good like sensory feel that you're in there and yeah. you're Part of the story is is magical, and I saw it was kind of cool to read about a different country. But so much of it was because obviously about India, uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, things like that. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to see those same living conditions and those same like class systems in different countries, because I guess. South America isn't necessarily third third world, but parts of it probably would be considered. Um, yeah. The the one thing that I found probably most shocking is because I guess po- poverty exists everywhere in the world. Um, no yeah. one no one's necessarily no one country is necessarily immune to poverty. Oh. But to see some of the slums in say Lima in Peru, um, where lo- like lots of the population have come down from the mountains um to try and get work in the city and they haven't been able to find it so the from the airport and this is like early on in a trip we're a week into our trip from the airport to uh where we stayed in miraflores which is i guess one of the more affluent parts of of lima it's just slums up like and you just see houses that are made out of any kind of material they can find yeah and like they're smiling and laughing and and having and seemingly having a really like happy existence, yeah. um, And then you know you're ten minutes down the road and you see like high rises and and nice houses and things like that. And then the last day we left Lima was probably the biggest contrast. They took us up to one of the viewpoints and like drove like literally through the slums to get up there. Right. And you look down and I'll try and find a photo of it. I think I took one, but there was basically like you could see that one street separated the yeah. slums that are basically like probably power in maybe a third of them and right. probably not much running water and things like that to the affluent part of that neighbourhood that overlooks the beach that's kind of what you'd expect to see maybe for anyone that's been in Geelong it's, it looks fairly similar with the, with the bay and all the, all the boats and then all of the really nice houses but one street over would be slums um so that that was that was pretty mind blowing and to see yeah. and to hear about like their, their daily wage and week or monthly wage which is like our daily wage um it's insane and they like Peru, a lot of, we let, met a lot of proving um locals and you know they're saving to to buy the basic things that we take for granted mm-hmm. um and i guess we're able to go into their country as tourists yeah and like obviously we can look at it as that's a negative thing but we're building up their economy to a point true um and it's almost like imperative to a lot of the like tour guides and
1: yeah it's almost it tax dollars and things a Bit of a sense of, of guilt of walking around yeah with all this money in your pocket yeah and like to them that would be like a fortune that yeah would, well that that's it like for a month or a year yeah I complained
0: complained about running out of money and like it was a It was a very, I guess, Western privileged complaint because like... First world problems. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I I ran out of money to a point in the fact that I was expecting to have a lot lot more left over when I got home. But, you know, the money I did have left in my bank account probably would have sustained like a family of four for a month or two months or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's a really interesting one. It's something that like I never think... I don't think there will ever be true equality across... Um, mm-hmm. across much of the world, but I think the, the more the more we're able to create and I think the, the governance systems, um, whether it be Australia or America or mm-hmm. the bigger powers, I think that's – I can see that changing. I don't know how. I don't understand it well enough to, to know how, but I can see it changing over the next – Know, a couple of hundred years if we if we make yeah. it that long <laughs> to yeah. to be, to be one right. yeah to be one of those to be a, a lot less one guys in charge um, yeah. and you know the corruption I guess is prevalent in every country um, yeah um, but it was really interesting to hear about like Bolivia is one of these a very very rich country but right. it, it seemed like the poorest poorest country being in there because there's so much corruption and yeah. the people running the country are the yeah, ones the yeah yeah. so it's like that you know, 90% of the wealth goes to 1% of the population like it was really really evident in yeah. places like Bolivia and, and yeah. parts of Brazil and
1: just yeah, yeah. I think with the, the rise of technology and globalisation and connectiveness that will enable a lot more people to um, become connected and be able to create a living through through these new technologies. Yeah. For example, with like, I'm doing a bit of research on blockchain at the moment. Yeah. Which is, I don't know too much about it, but essentially it's uh, a technology which acts as like a a distributed uh, ledger. So rather than our transactions going through a third party being a bank. Yeah and then going to the, to the buyer. Yep. Uh, it just goes through this technology and allows people to interact directly. So for example, if a farmer in Bolivia wants to sell coffee or, or yep. whatever their livestock to someone in Australia, they could essentially transact with each other directly. That's super cool. And the use of smart contracts and all that sort of thing will change the way that we transact yeah. And it has a lot more applications beyond just financial as well.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So this technology being developed will basically change the world. Yeah, which it's is really, really cool. cool. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Which will be huge because,
0: like, like don't want to talk about banks for very long, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of money I, like, would have paid in, um, in ATM fees oh, yeah. and, and transaction fees, like, but it's like the only way to do it yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, it's like, a
1: system that's... Yeah, it's a
0: system price. that's there to make money for banks. And like, Definitely. There's, it's not an accident that like CBA posts billions of dollars profit every year and, and things like that. Yeah. And like, it's, it's one of those things that blockchain will end up being a solution to
1: that problem. Yeah. It's just how long does it take and... How long does it take to implement? What are the regulations yeah. and the, exactly. uh, the government, governance around yeah. it? Like because then, it's so new, there's nothing. There's nothing to regulate. Yeah, it. and but it's one of those things that's going
0: to take probably take a long time to get to actually happen because yeah. you know all of the big banks and all of um, all of the people that have the money and have the power at the moment don't want to lose it, so they're going to yeah. do everything they can to stop it from happening. Like it's the same yeah, thing exactly. as um, like big farmer over in the U. S. trying to stop marijuana legalization. Like yeah. they just pump money behind it because
1: it's going to cost them money. Yeah. Same um, as. We're sort of jumping around a bit, but there was a um, documentary, or not a documentary, but Four Corners on ABC, ran a program the other day on um, the obesity epidemic in Australia and how sugar is largely responsible for that. Yep. And yet a lot of the the food industry and sugar farmers don't want to regulate this. They don't want to create a sugar tax because that will take away from the billions of dollars that the food industry bring in every year. Yeah. And, and it's money it's talks, right? Money talks. And yet our population, 60% of people are overweight mm, yeah. compared to like 20% in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's madness. It's mind-blowing. And I think that's like you talk about insignificance
0: before and like we're trying to change the world and make the world a better place on such a small scale in the scheme of things Yeah, that all of those... Big decisions that are made above our heads and things that we don't have any control over, like at all. Um, they affect what people are eating and what people are consuming yeah. on a on a broader scale, which effectively push against what we're doing. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to get bogged down in yeah, that. Be discouraged. And by be discouraged. All
1: this. But at the end of the day, you control what you can control. Yeah, exactly, and, and it's all the little. Do the best you can. The little deeds and little bits of goodness in the world that just add up and eventually the we can apply pressure to the food industry and to the big dogs who make all the decisions definitely to start making the world for shaping the world into what we want it to be and to where it benefits everyone yeah and I think it shows like how
0: important it is to Stand up in, with what you believe in. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to make a difference straight away. Like, yeah. um, for example, like Anna will stand up against takeaway coffee cups and takeaway straws yeah. to the nth degree because it's something she believes in. And she may not be able to change the world, like, from day dot just by doing that herself, yeah. but that inspires more people to do it. Exactly. And then eventually, people power will
1: win out. And I think realistically, like, you can't change the world, for, a single person can't change the world but they have the power to influence others around them. Correct, and create a movement which can, yeah.
0: And I think that's the important thing that you look at, I guess, poverty over there and things like that, and we can make a really, really, really small change, but you make 100,000 of those small changes and, and things start to change for the better. And yeah. I think that, I don't know, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist, so I think the, I think the world is, yeah. like, we live in the best time that we could ever be alive in terms of like safety and and definitely. affluence and, and things like that but it's just yeah. a matter of how do we make things
1: better and more improved and more yeah. how can we use everything that is that we have available to us mm. to improve our own welfare and the welfare of yeah. our society yeah definitely
0: and I think yeah, tra- travel just opens your mind up to all yeah. the, all of those problems, and you get out of your bubble, and you go, "Well, maybe I'm not that important. Maybe
1: the yeah. universe gives you an amazing perspective." Doesn't on yeah your life like what you want to be doing moving forward, where you're at. Yeah, um, and it made me really.
0: I got I yeah I got really introspective I guess over the over the the journey, um, of the like f- forty five days I was away all up. Yeah and it, it allowed me time just to be I spent a lot of time by myself especially the last 3 weeks yeah um it allowed just get in get into my head and actually start thinking about what was important to me and mm. what what I loved about home and what I didn't love about home and what were the things that like what are the holes in my like ideal life uh-huh. so to speak and what what are the things I want for the rest of my life and what what am I actually going to do to Start moving towards it. Cool. Um, what was it? What was the biggest thing introspectively that you learned about yourself? Um, the biggest thing introspectively that I learned about myself was probably just my, just understanding my patterns and and getting a fair idea of who I am because I, like, two weeks in I was very aware that I was missing work and home and all yeah. the people a lot mm. and. Um, I probably like overcompensated a little bit by trying to do too much day to day Um, like get up go for a run and then meditate and then you know go out for lunch and go to a tour and like it was just go 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 and I realized that I probably like I'm always going to be the kind of person that wants to go 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 and wants to do too much but I think the biggest epiphany I had was that if I don't get enough sleep if i don't eat well enough if i don't hydrate if i don't look after myself then all of those things i want to do will never accumulate to anything other than me burning myself out mm. and and getting tired and i think there's times where we've got a i guess sprint at something work too hard on something but there's times where we need to chill out and i had coffee with my sister this morning and she said you look a lot different now to when you (laughs) when you left and I'm like what do you mean she's like well the last two weeks it was like you were a thousand like your head was in a thousand places at once and she's like you just seem it seems like you're here now and I'm like it's how I feel cool Um, which was really really interesting because I I felt like I was trying to maybe plug holes over and over again before I left and now I feel like obviously six weeks on holiday is gonna do give you that perspective yeah. but I, now I feel like whatever happens I'm okay with it because I I, I love the person I'm becoming I love what I do I like spending time with you guys and our clients and friends and family and KP and I love the life I live and I'm so lucky to have the last life I live and I'm so lucky to have the I guess want and desire to improve and grow but at the same time I'm so content with what I have and who I am. Mm. I think that was the big um, realization. Um, cool. The kind of like I am enough, um, but I still want to keep improving. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was? Awesome. Yeah. What was your big your big blessing? Because I guess you're 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 studying studying a masters and mm. and you took on a big chunk of the load at advertis and obviously got a a lovely better half to spend time with and family and friends yeah. how do you go balancing it all and juggling everything
1: well I think that's the that was the biggest yeah. realisation for me balance yeah uh, I mean we all have lots of things pulling us in different directions work fam- like I said work family loved ones um, we want to spend time doing things that we want to be doing and that we love doing and at the same time giving ourselves ourselves rest yeah Um, I think the first couple of weeks that you were away were was hectic and I had to rein myself in sometimes and actually give myself some rest yeah um, because I was just getting cooked yeah and the last few weeks I kind of took a step back a little bit I realised that Virtus didn't need me there 100% of the time yeah Um, and it allowed me a bit, to focus a bit more on my studies. Um, I'm still finding the balance. I think even with you back, yep. it's hard to get the balance of... It's been three days, mate. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, it take, all, all good things take time, right? That's it. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, yeah, I think it... Sometimes you do get a little bit of a, uh, a kick up the bum about... And get reminded about what you need to feed more of your energy into yeah and uh, I think it was a good experience in managing my time and managing my energy yeah and giving it to the things that needed to be given definitely Um, our coaches gave us a um, like a an activity to do where we had to rate our different parts of our lives. Yeah. I think we might have talked about this in another uh, maybe. podcast maybe. but Go, go again. <clears throat> I, I really like it. I've done what was a it called? Times. Just Star Matrix, yeah? Star, uh, star Matrix? Yeah, something star like Man. that. It's a, yeah, it is now. It's a, it's a five-pointed star and each point represents a different facet of your life. Uh, five are health, wealth, career, relationships and environment. If, if you're not driving, grab a pen, draw
0: a star and write health, wealth, career
1: environment and relationships on each point and then uh, we're asked to rate each of those out of five with one being bad and five being the best it's ever been yeah or five being good and it's interesting I've done it probably three times I think the first time was with we did a bit of a PD at uh, at and overall I got 18 out of 25, uh, it's pretty good. Out of 25, which is pretty good. I was, I was, this is in February, so three months ago now, where and health and wealth were my two lowest. So yeah. pick your two, if you've done this activity, pick your two lowest scores and create three actions to improve that. And if we improve on these facets of our life, then let's say if I increase my health from a two to a five, then I might find that all the other points will increase as well if I'm feeling better with my health then Definitely. automatically my I'll be able to focus more on my career and I'll be able to feed my energy into other things um, I think it's really interesting because I think most most people who would do it who
0: uh, like would are in the whether it's a service industry whether it's a um, any industry like the health industry where you're looking after other people or being a teacher, there is a really, really good chance that the thing you're trying to drive with your clients or with your students or whatever is the one thing you're lacking at. And it's something that we start to – the more we do things like this, the more we realize as coaches that we are always the last person we give our time, attention, energy resources to, um, which – is a little counterproductive because if we're if I'm trying to give my energy to my clients or my friends or my family and I don't give anything to me, I'm going to be cactus and I'm yeah. I'm going to be super tired. And I think mine was very similar. My health and wealth were were much lower yeah. um, than they should than they should have been because I spend all my time worried about other people. But I think if I can focus on and like you're probably the same. If you can focus on those little things, you need to do to look after your health then everything else gets easier like you said yeah. um, Coop and I and Jess <coughs> a couple of days ago uh, we've been talking about minimums for a little while and hitting our minimums daily um, and what we've done is we've put down the six areas of our lives that um, that we want to improve at the moment and we've put a, a minimum behind each one an uh, objective measure um, an objective measure that we can look at at the end of the day and say have i hit this or have i not um mm-hmm. and because we as humans don't like losing things um <laughs> we've put a, a five dollar wager for each one for each day behind it so if we stuff up we could possibly lose 30 dollars a day um
1: an so incentive not
0: to yes it's, it's an incentive just to just tick the boxes and hit the minimum so the six things that we've we identify the things that we need to hit to look after ourselves before we can start looking after other people. Uh, our hydration, so we want to hit three liters of water a day. Our sleep, so we want to hit five sleep cycles a day, which is seven and a half hours. So sleep cycle is usually about ninety minutes. Uh, and if we don't hit the seven and a half hours at overnight, um, we can get an extra point for that sleep cycle by hitting a thirty-minute nap throughout the day. So. Uh, last night we had the small business awards where common Folk got up. Good, good from them. Um, but we finished. <laughs> shout out. Good. Day. Um, but but we finished up quite late, and I got about six and a half hours sleep. So I have to have a thirty-minute nap today to catch up. Um, We're running out of day, so I better I better get on that. <laughs> um, we've got thirty minutes of movement per day, so it doesn't have to be a big session. It just has to be some sort of movement, whether it's mobs or walking or. Or footy training, or something along those lines. Three big meals per day, um, or three proper meals per day. Good whole foods. Twenty minutes of med- meditation, um, which I've got to catch up on today too. I, I got a bit. I got a busy afternoon. <laughs> and create or consume one piece of content. So whether we write something, whether we produce a podcast, whether we. Um, yeah, we ticked one off. Good. Yes. Whether we, or whether we read something, read a, you know thirty pages of a book, or read an article online, watch or, video, or watch or a, watch a video, yes. or something like that. Something that's going to help improve us in some way. Um, yeah. And they're the six things, so we're going to be holding ourselves accountable to it, and holding each other accountable to it. And it's funny, like we've only been
1: doing it in three days, so we'll see how we go over the next you know yeah. five, six, seven weeks, but. But we've put a, a consequence behind not doing them. Yeah. So I I've been hyper aware of yeah. how much water I've been drinking and yesterday I didn't hit my meditation. So I owe five bucks. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> but it's made me set time aside throughout my yeah. day today to actually Definitely. do it. Definitely. And these are these minimums all feed feed yourself. Yeah. If you serve yourself then you cannot help you can also serve others. Yeah, like definitely. We use the analogy, fill your cup. Yeah. If if we can fill our cup and we can pour pour our energy into others. Spot on, spot on. And like yesterday,
0: <clears throat> I didn't have a training session book, so I chucked, a, chucked headphones in and listened to a podcast and did 15 minutes of mobs and then went for a walk for half an hour. And just the, like it was 45 minutes of my day, but I felt amazing afterwards. And, and that kind of led into... Um, me being up and about for a couple of meetings I had and, and just being that that happy outgoing person I think it's for like most of us are in this industry are here because we like, like to help people and we're usually those bubbly somewhat extroverted personalities if we're not extroverted we tend to have to be in our environment <laughs> um, and when we're not hitting those minimums we lose that that happiness and that joy and that bubbliness that brings everyone else up Um yeah. And I think it's really obvious and like, there's definitely, I'm sure most of my team could tell you there's certainly times in the past, um, where I've been like grumpy or shitty or tired or short with them when I, it's only because I wasn't looking after myself.
1: Um, I think the biggest thing for you, I, mean, I just thought about this then yeah. is that when you're not feeding yourself, you aren't present with those around you. hundred percent. And yeah. you can, we can, we can tell. Yeah. Um, but that's just keeping each other accountable, yeah. Like, we can if we can see that Lockie's not being present with us, yeah. or dude, <sighs> how he's sleeping, or yeah. how's your food
0: it's, been, or as simple like. as asking a question, yeah, yeah. And it, but it's knowing each other, like, um, yeah, I'm, sure that, I'm sure they won't mind me throwing them under the bus, but like Jess and Maddie, um, are two incredibly hard workers, and both of them just like you, they're. They've, they're like, I feel tired all the time, and I'm like, Well, when was the last time you gave yourself a day for you? Yeah, and like, well, I don't have one, and I think it's really important for everyone, no matter what you do, to have yeah. a day during the week, whether it be you know two afternoons or whether it be like a Sunday or, or something where you look after yourself. And it might like looking after yourself doesn't have to be sitting on the couch, yeah. watching Netflix, eating popcorn. It can be definitely you know, going for a walk with with your loved ones, or yeah. it can be going for a run and. Go going out for a coffee or sitting and reading your book for a few hours or, or whatever mm. um but when you're aware and when you're hyper aware of those things that makes it so much
1: easier definitely i think my well something that i've been trying to do these last few weeks is give myself a full a full day off yeah where whether it's a saturday or a sunday yeah where i don't do any work i don't do any study i do any sort of errands or chores that I need to do. Yep. And the rest of my time is serving myself or serving my relationships. So Sally Ann and I might this weekend we're planning on having a an afternoon together. We've also, been, yeah, I mean you the getting a balance between uni and work and if you can't get that balance right, which is super hard to do. Yeah. Then and it's never going to be like it's you always fluid. Like it's never exactly. going to be locked in. Like you one can, week you'll be really good,
0: other yeah. the next one you'll be. And if you can have a good day, and then a and then a shitty yeah, day, but definitely. but that doesn't matter. And like I think too many people beat themselves up when they have a crap day or where they yeah. don't get as much done as they're expecting. But and it's like I I definitely have in the past. But my kind of mantra now is just to take it as it comes. And yeah, and if I need to do something, if something's really really urgent, it'll pop up in front of my face mm. um, and I'll remember and if it's not super urgent and it's on a to-do
1: list and I haven't done it in a week it's probably not super important mm. um, yeah uh, that reset button is super important mm. at the end of the day resetting and accepting that best reset
0: seven weeks at ho- on holiday in South America <laughs> no
1: I'm <a> <laughs> well, you, you've booked your next holiday I have well, Sally Ann and I are heading to Bali nice in a month or so treat yourself yeah which is super exciting so good
0: I think it's yeah if you're listening and haven't booked a holiday book it book it yes yeah chicha nice I think if if uh, if anyone's wanting to go to South America or thinking about it I would (laughs) highly recommend it Um, if you have any questions thoughts or queries around uh, what to do or where to go I ended up going to Chile, Peru, Bolivia, Brazil, and Argentina, um, which – oh, actually, I went to Uruguay for a day too. Treat yourself. Nice. Um, Which in 45 days is a lot of moving, um, a lot of ticking the legs over. So there's definitely a few things I would do differently in terms of where I would stay longer or what places I would skip. Um, So if anyone has any questions or – yeah just ask send me an email send me a message um i think south america is one of those places where like it's not as accessible to us because it's a fairly expensive flight and things like that and we're kind of told that um we're kind of told that you need to book tours and, and need to like lock things in before you go but i found the complete opposite i think you can go buy a plane ticket in um, make sure you've got your visas you need for places you want to go and you can basically wing everything um, sure, which um, we, we managed to do um,
1: pretty well I reckon it's a pretty good way of doing it yeah. just booking your booking your plane tickets booking your first couple of nights because
0: plans always change don't
1: they yeah
0: and, that, and that's it and I'm so happy that we didn't book out like before we went um before we went, we um, we booked flight in an internal flight from Chile to Peru and flight out, and that was it. Awesome. And I didn't have any visas organised or anything like that, um, but I figured, you know, if I want to go to Brazil, I'll make it work, and we did. Definitely. Um, so yeah. What What do you think are the? Well, give us a couple of highlights from the trip. <laughs> I give us top five. Top five, um, like. I'm going to this is one answer but a really really obvious one is things like Machu Picchu and uh, Iguazu Falls I think it's it's really easy to look at places like that and kind of go well they're probably um, really touristy and really overhyped and um, too expensive and things like that but I've kind of found the opposite like yes they're very touristy and lots of tourists flock there um, but there's a reason for it and I think it's like, Machu Picchu is one of those places you go to and it's it just blows your socks off. Like, I remember I didn't get to sleep till about 4 a.m. the next morning when we got back to Cusco after doing it because I was so, like, just on a high. Like, it's it, it's just a, it was a really strange feeling because I'm like, why well, can't I sleep? God, it was a good day. Like, it was just one of those perfect days. You stand at the top and you're in this, like, on top of this peak and looking at this like ancient, little ancient yeah. civilization that was built 500 years ago on top of a mountain um, with the sun shining and like valleys around you and it's just and it's super you cool. think there's no way that some, a place like this can live up to the hype and it does very very quickly do you like, think it's
1: because of the contrast between where we live day to day and
0: oh, 100%, that, yeah, that 100% like that wasn't like Machu Picchu isn't super high like I think it's like 3000 metres above sea level mm. which is, I, I can could, jump that far? Yeah, <laughs> true. Which compared to Mornington is like thirty meters above sea level. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, that so that like that and um, Iguazu Falls were two moments I had where I just stood there and just went, whoa! Like it was like it wasn't just like a wow and a keep moving. Like it was like a stand there and like try and take it all in and your brain struggles to comprehend how wonderful it is. Um, yeah. So being on Machu Picchu and and um, And meditating on top of Machu Picchu was a very, very cool feeling. Um, Guazu Falls staring at the just massive water going down over the rapids was just like your brain can't comprehend it.
1: Do you know how, like, what the volume of water is that maybe goes over? I don't, but here's
0: the wonderful thing about about Google (laughs) volume of water over, yeah. Oh, it's something what
1: is it so you went from the Argentinian side I went to both sides right. um, so one of the other highlights was I
0: so I was travelling with James as most of you guys will know if you listened to the podcast a few weeks ago Travelling with James the first maybe three and a half weeks and then he wanted to go to the jungle and I wanted to go south so we, we left each other at La Paz and I went down and did the salt flats um, in Uni um, and then travelled from, spent the next four or five days travelling through Bolivia uh, to the Brazilian border, from the Brazilian border um, into the country a little bit, and then down the western side to Iguazu Falls. Cool. Um, which that was a highlight in itself because I was by myself. I didn't speak Portuguese. I spoke very little Spanish to get to the Brazilian right. uh, to get to the Brazilian border. Um, at the end of my Bolivian journey and I literally didn't speak English to anyone for maybe three and a half days Um, more than two or three words and pointing and smiling and just trying to use body language to get me through which was a challenge and something that I'll never forget how much I enjoyed (laughs) I enjoyed that experience and just being by myself and having that solitude and having that time to just not talk to anyone just be be by myself so um, I, like I went that. to the, the Brazilian side of of Iguazu Falls, and my mind was blown. And then yeah. the next day, um, crossed the border to the Argentinian side, and thought, no way, yes, they can be topped, and it topped it. And like, and then something like it was just epic. Epic. Um, this is probably this is too. This is probably too big of a number to actually comprehend. During the rainy season, November to March, the rate of flow of water going over the falls may reach four hundred and fifty thousand cubic feet per second. What? Uh, yeah, that's a lot. Those twelve. Numbers. Yeah, twelve thousand seven hundred fifty cubic meters per second. That's, that's a huge number. It's probably <laughs> too big to comprehend. But just staring into it. In staring. <laughs> in, yeah, just go there. Oh, um, it's one of those things that I saw and. I think I sent James a message and I'm like, mate, whatever you do, don't miss this. It's just insane. Um, So that was our highlight. Highlight number two. Oh, this is going to take forever. Patagonia, I finished my – I love mountains. Um, I love hiking. I love just being immersed in nature. And Patagonia is probably the reason I wanted to go to South America in the first place. And there was a point in time where we weren't going to make it to Patagonia. Because of time constraints, but um, I made the decision maybe halfway through the trip that I was going to make it happen, and I went down to um, I didn't get down to Torres del Paine, which is in the just across the anyone knows Patagonia, just across the Chilean border, um, because it's kind of Patagonia is down the middle of both Chile and Argentina, and I didn't get down to Torres del Paine, which is where some of the longer hikes are, um, because I was running out of time, but. I went to a little town called Al Shaltan, which is at the base of the Mount Fitzroy uh, mountain range, which anyone that knows the brand Patagonia, uh, that's the peak on, peak on the logo. That's really cool. Um, and spent a couple of days at El Calafate, which is a couple of hours south, uh, which is where we flew into from Buenos Aires, or oh, wow. where I flew into. That was a highlight because I did, it was foggy, rainy, like wet and snowing for most of the days I was hiking good um which was miserable in a way but magical in another like I didn't get to see the peak of Mount Fitzroy at all which was I saw the I saw a big (laughs) chunk of it but didn't get to see the top uh, which was disappointing, but at the same time, it made it for a really exciting experience because the fog gave it this really weird mystique, and mm. um, the snow was like covering the trees. and the, It's autumn now, coming. Like I think Torres del Paine's closed now because of the wet weather. Um, the colors of the trees were like nothing I've ever seen before. There was there were you know reds and oranges and greens and yellows and um, no blues, <laughs> but. All these different colored trees and you're just walking through it and you think Patagonia, okay, it's just going to be desolate um, with mountains. But there's so many different, I guess, landscapes that you walk through. Yeah. Um, and I got to spend, yeah, I spent five, six nights, five days hiking in El Shaltan just doing all of the long hikes. And so were they just day hikes? or Just day hikes, yeah. yeah. I, I tried to, I'm, I'm probably lucky that I wasn't able to find one, but I couldn't find a tent. Um, all of the higher places because end of season we're done hiring and they're like "Oh, no, we're not hiring anymore out and, mm, and then tried to find um, in our hostels in one of the bigger hostels trying to find a, like someone I could borrow a tent off and ended up finding one like day and a half before I left I'm like you know what I'm probably not going to do an overnight hike now because it's snowing and two degrees um, yeah. but it was really good to be able to go do those day hikes yeah. and just escape and there was I met some really cool people um, in there even though I was trying to not meet like not talk to anyone for a couple of nights because I just wanted to be by myself but that's cool. That's I ended up having dinner on Israeli Independence Day having dinner with like yeah, 25 cool. Israelis which was super cool like I met a couple of couple of English guys who we did a couple of hikes together and yeah it was just a really cool. good experience um, yeah, and like it's that's a place where I'm like I've unfinished business in Patagonia I'll definitely nice. I'll definitely go back there I think it'd be very cool to get a a crew of you know four or five or as many as you we can get to go over mm. and hike together and wanted to make it a lot cheaper because you would hire a car share and do a bunch yeah. of stuff and share everything but you'll share the experience as well share the experience yeah um, like I, I'm someone that loves sharing things with the people people I love so I think that would be an amazing trip to do at some point yeah um, Peru in general was a, was a highlight yeah for multitude of reasons the anyone who is thinking about going to Machu Picchu, make sure you spend a couple of weeks in Peru because it was, yeah, it was mind blowing. The, the food is amazing. The people are incredibly nice, like nice and welcoming. And it was like that everywhere. Like like people would talk about South America and being dangerous. I didn't get to Rio, but um, I didn't feel unsafe once. Um, And there were plenty of times where we were like walking around um, by myself at night and, like in cities and wow. not in cities and things like that, and I just felt safe the whole time. Um, it's positive. Do you think up north it's a bit more like Colombia around yeah, that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think <clears throat> Venezuela is pretty cactus at the moment. I think, yeah. um, and I think Brazil, certain parts of Brazil, is uh, pretty gnarly. But like I heard things about um, Chile and and Bolivia, which kind of made me a little worried, but. Nothing but, nothing but smiles, smiles and and warm greetings, which was nice. But Peru, we jumped on the Peru hot bus, um, which is a bit of a plug, but it was, it it was more, it was kind of canticky in a way where it had a it took you a certain way but you could jump on and jump off of the bus in terms of stay.
1: Right. So it's like a bus out type thing. Yeah, yeah. You find
0: somewhere you like. You can just yeah. stay for And as you long just as you stay want. there for as long as you want and then you've just got to change your itinerary online and the crew we met in Lima, which is where we got on it, like the 10 or 12 of us that were all together on the bus at the start, we ended up getting to know each other really well and we kind of had a little travelling um, party for maybe two or three weeks nice. where we'd lose a couple of people or we'd... Um, and then like couple of people come back and then we catch up with them again so nice so that was really cool had a little community to travel with in peru that was a big highlight just the food is amazing that's
1: one of the best things i love about travel yeah, yeah. i love the food i love the drink yeah like, yeah yeah it's one yeah. of the things i, I drink red wine now fun fact
0: <laughs> <gasps> oh good Only. <Finally. laughs> I, I've, I, haven't, I haven't dabbled much over the last few years but I dabbled a bit being, being away. I'm proud of you. Um so that was pretty cool um, yeah I'm going to give you one more highlight the, the highlight I had was just consuming and creating content I mm, come on. I never I never give myself enough time to sit and read or sit and write and one of the things that this trip's taught me is that like I love writing I love reading I love listening to things yeah. but I need to give myself more time to do it so mm-hmm. like yesterday I had a few things I needed to do but I was in a writing mood and I ended up writing like four or five blog posts yeah that I needed that I've had in my head and just one of those creative wanted, juices flowing yeah and I think all right, it's a lesson for me just to let myself do what I what I want to do so yeah like I didn't end up reading that many books over there I only read three books but um, you listened to a few as well I listened you? to maybe four or five and yeah. jumped in like dove into a lot of new podcasts and things like that cool. so yeah that was, that was that was a highlight um, nice. the last highlight was coming home to you and KP and all the amazing people it's yes, my life I think I wrote about it in one of my weekly emails but having that time away makes you realise what's really important 100% um, um,
1: yeah. makes you grateful
0: so, for the things you have and you appreciate what you have coming home to yeah and I think it's like KP and I have been together for a long time, but it's really it was really nice to like properly miss each other. Like We've probably never spent definitely. more than 10, 12 days apart. Yeah, definitely. Um, over the last nine years, or eight years, 12 months apparently, because I wasn't here for our anniversary. <laughs> wow. Yeah, cop that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, eight years, 13 months now, far out. Um, but having that ability to miss each other, I think, is really, yeah. really important. And yeah. like it just freshens you up from a relationship point yeah. of view, from a work point of view to like I'm so excited to get back to footy on Saturday Like, whereas I probably fell out of love with footy a little bit over the last couple of years in, in certain times um, yeah. just because it's, it was a constant
1: and there was never that break from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I concur mm. with all that. I think giving yourself some time off to gain a fresh perspective to you forcing yourself to miss something and you find out that you you find out what you actually miss and yeah, what you don't miss definitely. and then when you come back you can admit those things that you don't miss yeah. or not give them as much
0: I looked at it as kind of like a stock take of my life
1: yeah, that's um, I mean. you,
0: you figure out what's going on what's not what do I want to be doing that I'm not Yeah, what do you want to um, change like, and yeah I read, I, one of the books I read or one of the documents I read that uh, one of my business coaches sh- shared to us was about habits and creating a life plan that mm. that centered around what will drive you and what will serve you long term, um, yeah, and that's it. And if just go on holiday, just get out of get get out of the normal, yeah. the normal day to day, and it just freshens you up. And I'm so excited to dive into work and everything we do at Virtus yeah, and everything I do outside of Virtus. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I think that's gonna be a big. A big driver for me for the next, you know, six to nine months is just diving into work and, and doing the things I love day to day. And that's it.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, mate, thanks for the chat. It was awesome. It's been nice fun. Time. I um after we came down from Machu Picchu, I sat I was walking along the railway railway and I was in like a really good mood. <laughs> like I was just like top like I felt like I was at <laughs> top of the world. So <clears throat> I it was a ten K walk for anyone who wants to do Machu Picchu, you don't have to spend heaps of money on a trek. We got a bus to a train station where we walked ten k's along the ten um, k's along the railway to get to the town at the bottom of Machu Picchu, which is an amazing town, Aquas Calientes. And then we did the trek the next morning, and then we had to walk back along the the train track to get a bus back, um, which costs like. Machu Picchu all up would have cost me about 80, 90 Australian dollars um, including the night in the Accus Caliente so wow. yeah uh, if a travel agent is trying to sell you it for like a thousand bucks don't do it <laughs> um, I think I talked about that in my uh, in my little thing but I I went for a run I ran for like 5Ks and then I was walking after my run and I went you know what I kind of feel like recording a little podcast so at the little end
1: of many yeah, yeah
0: at the end of this uh, this episode I'll plug on the six minute Uh, ramble I had at the bottom of Machu Picchu um, talking about the experience and what it was like and things like that Um, if you enjoy it yell out and I'll maybe do a couple of more little ones if you don't enjoy it uh, that's fair enough I haven't actually listened to it so I don't know what it's going to be but (laughs) it could be absolutely rubbish there's a good chance it's rubbish and I'm talking gibberish but that's okay Uh, thanks for listening if you enjoy it subscribe post about it all that kind of stuff (laughs) share it to your Hey legends, welcome to a special episode of the Vertus Performance Podcast. This is a quick little bonus episode for you guys. <clears throat> I've just uh, just finished, or just got to the bottom of Machu Picchu, so we got up <clears throat> nice and early this morning and hiked up the mountain from Aquas Calientes, which is the little town at the bottom, and hiked up to, basically straight up um, through the jungle, up to Machu Picchu, which is one of the Seven Wonders of the World, and words can't describe how incredible it was. It was, yeah, game-changing game in terms of just the, like, yeah, I got no words. Um, the the valleys and the and the canyons and the mountains around it uh, just provide this perfect backdrop for this city that was. Uh, built like 600 years ago. So it was pretty incredible. It's something that I would highly recommend anyone do. It's not super easy to get to being in the middle of South America, but as we realized over the last couple of days, all of the $3,000 and $2,000 trips are definitely not the only way to go. We um, hired some transport in town in Cusco, uh, which is one of the biggest cities in Peru. We got a bus here. Bought our tickets, climbed up. Probably only ended up costing us like 80 bucks to do it all. So, plus a 12 hostel. So, absolutely incredible. Would highly recommend it to anyone. Um, it's definitely ace to tick it off the bucket list. It was pretty cool to sit at the top after our tour. Um, we got a guide. We got an English speaking guide, Louise, who was an absolute champion. We sat at the top. or well, I sat at the top after our tour and meditated for about 20 minutes and it was, uh, it was bliss, it was, it was very magical, so I'm stoked I was able to take that off my list and to be honest, there's a good chance I'll be back at some point, it's a pretty crazy adventure, this part of the world, so having a, having a magical time a couple of weeks into our trip, one of the, I guess something that I was thinking about, it's probably a, a little theory or a little analogy I've been working on, um, I'm sure someone thought of it before, but it's about hiking. And I think hiking is very, very similar to life in that you have a prolonged period of, like with hiking, you set, you set your goal, right? You set your target destination. You set where you want to end up. Chuck a bag on your back and tick the legs over for an extended period of time. So you know where you're going. So you've already planned out. The route for most people, for most hikes, uh, you'll have a fair idea of the direction you need to take. Then you have a prolonged period of walking, running, jogging, um, marching, depending on how you hike and the speed at which you hike. And I think that hiking is a very simple metaphor for life. Uh, in the fact that you set, set a target as to something you want to achieve and then you work really hard and you put in a lot of effort and you keep working hard and you keep ticking the legs over even though it's hard and even though it hurts, even though there's struggle because you know there's light on the other side or in this case, you know there's a a peak of a mountain you're going to get to and you're going to be able to stop, take a breath and enjoy the fruits of your labor so to speak so I think if we if we look for and if we're talking about happiness for example um, it's about to get really loud a train's about to go past me um, but if we yeah, take happiness for example I think if we there's uh, the fresh sounds of the Peruvian rail system um, Yeah, I think if we kind of just focus on the peak and being at the peak and being at the top and being happy and do train's gone just um the path that we've got to walk from one little little station to the town at the bottom of Machu Picchu is on a train line so yeah taking on taking the legs over another walk um but what was I saying yeah I think if we focus all of our energy on the joy and the happiness of the peak we tend to miss uh, the importance of the struggle or in the importance of the hard work, the importance of putting in that extra effort to get to where we want to get to. Um, life's like 90, 90% hard work and struggle and 10% bliss. And I, uh, I truly believe that. So yeah, uh, just a little, little metaphor for you guys, little analogy. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you think of this short little episode if you enjoy it. I started off with the podcast with a couple of little be better episodes which were like five ten minutes so if you guys enjoy this i'll send me a message or send me an email um, subscribe do all that kind of stuff and i'll keep doing them on top of the weekly episodes have an amazing day cheers to you all adios